0: Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Good morning. Lovely to see you guys today. I feel a bit bad because I've been a bit in and out of church recently, been away on holiday, but it's so lovely to be back and to to see you all. Um, And yeah, I just want to really feel I want to preach this message, something that's really been on my heart for a while actually, actually. And I'm just going to read a passage here and then kind of go into it. Actually, if you go to to Matthew 6, I'm just going to read from verses 1 here. It's quite... I want to read quite a bit here. This is Jesus speaking at the Sermon on the Mount. And he says here, it says, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions like the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words." from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you fast, Anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. You see, Jesus here is hitting a few different areas, but it's the same overarching point that he's making. He's teaching us that there is this godly call in the Christian life to actually seek to be unknown rather than to be known. You know, a lot of times in, in our in our age today that we're so quick to make sure that we're getting recognized or we're getting praised or that we're seen to be good but Jesus says in all of these areas whether it's the good deeds you do whether it's in your prayer life whether it's in your fasting whatever it is is actually to not, not not seek to be known but in a way hide away from that and do it only unto the Lord and that this is the godly call of the Christian life rather than trying to elevate ourselves and make our names known and gain a good good reputation but really to do it unto the Lord and make sure that our only concern is that God sees us and his reward not the rewards from other people and this is the way that Jesus taught and this is the way Jesus lived you know so often you read in the gospels whatever gospel you read in anytime he does a miracle or a mighty act he will say afterwards you know do not make me know my time is not now My time is not now, do not make me known yet. And yet, so often we we can't wait to make ourselves known. We do something, and straight away we want to make sure that people realize it. We want to make sure that we're getting acclaimed for it, that we are rightly rewarded for what we've done, and and we go against the way of Jesus, who himself sought to be unknown. And this is the way of the Christian life: that we are not looking for the the praise of others, we're not looking for other people to, to make sure that we get our rewards from others. But that we get the reward from the Lord and that we commit our ways to Him and that He sees us. And that's the most important thing, that He sees us and not whether other people see us or or not. And this is the trap in the Christian life. Sometimes we can get used to this praise and it's a lovely short-term feeling in the moment when we feel great, but there is a great trap in this that it then starts to impact what and how you do things. If you start to be influenced or you start to to enjoy the praises of other people it might change the things you do it might change how you go about things or what you do because if other people like it or your friends and family like it or you'll get praise from your manager or whatever if you do things a certain way or in front of them or you showcase yourself the right way then you're going to tend towards that because that's now what that's the reward you're going after and so easily in the Christian life we can think we're doing the things of God but without the heart of God and we miss out on what Jesus is calling us into. That he isn't just looking for necessarily our results or the end product, but he's looking for our obedience along, along the way as well. And so often we can end up falling in a trap that we want to make sure that other people like what we're doing or we're getting rewarded or gratified or we're getting celebrated for these things. And then it starts changing and impacting what we do and how we go about it. And so easily, we can then end up going away from the, the ways of Jesus, who, who went as a lamb, who sought to be unknown, who saw only God's timing and not his own timing. And this is, this is the challenge, but this is the, the way that God's calls us to. You know, sometimes I've, I've even met with other leaders before in other churches, and sometimes they're just so quick to tell you about the things that they've accomplished, or the books they've written, or... The seminars they're doing, and that's like the first thing they tell you, and it's like, what's going on here? I've, I've, had, I've, been in, I've been in other churches where people will tell you how long they fasted for, the longest they've ever gone fasting. It's like, Jesus literally tells you not to do that, to go away from this, but so often we, want, we feel like we're not getting rewarded, or we're not getting recognized for what we're doing, so we need to make sure that someone recognizes us, or someone at least celebrates the life that we're living, but Jesus calls us to only seek His reward, and that by faith we have to we have to grab hold onto the promise that God truly sees us, and like it says in the scriptures, there that God will reward us. We have to we have to hold on to that. It, take, it takes great faith to do these things when no one else is seeing, and you know no one else will ever congratulate you or or acknowledge you. Maybe when you're praying late at night, maybe when you're forgiving someone behind closed doors, and, and no one will see it. Maybe when you're doing all these things and no one would know, you have to hold on to the fact that by faith that God sees you and that God will honor you and God will reward you in his perfect timing. And it would be a far greater reward than anyone else that I or any other person could ever give you. And sometimes it's just such a dangerous thing that we can go down. You know, sometimes we will, we need to have this gratification and praise and we need to make sure that we're valued by our manager at work. We need to make sure that our, our husband or our wife is, is always giving us the praise that we deserve. We always need to make sure that maybe at our church that we're being used correctly or our gifts are being appreciated. But when has it ever been about our giftings? When has it ever been about how good we are and making sure that we're getting the spotlight on us? Like we, we end up taking, taking the will of God and twisting it to fit us and benefit us and we go so far away from the life of Jesus and it can be so dangerous and it and it can end up you think you're doing all these great works for God but it doesn't please him at all it doesn't you've had your reward you've done that before everyone else there is no reward now you know I remember there was a guy that was giving a testimony of um a fast that he was going on and he was fasting and he'd nearly gone beyond the most days he's ever gone fasting and he was about one day short of it and God said I want you to end the fast right now and he was like, oh no, I'm about to beat it. And he said, if you go one more day fasting, you'd have made this all about yourself and not about me. And so often we can go about these things, we can say, I've prayed for this many hours today, or I've done this many good deeds today, or I've fasted for this song, and I've, I've done these amazing things, and making sure we're just doing it for ourselves. We're doing it just to, I don't know, get a PB, or, or make sure that other people are seeing how good we are, and we, we totally miss out on what the Christian life is. And we miss out on God's reward for us and his will for us so easily. You know, I remember, I remember for myself um, at the beginning of COVID that I was praying and I really felt God calling me into something to um, to do in this this work that I was doing um, and really felt God calling me into it. But it was just one of those things I'd never really thought about it before and never really came across. And I was really just praying for a few days and seeking God about whether this was the right thing to do or to step into. And and after a few days, I, it kind of dawned upon me that just kind of just really became real that this really was what God was calling me to do during COVID. And the reason, one of the main reasons why I knew it was from God was because it was hidden away from everyone else. I knew it had nothing to do with my flesh or me because no one would see it. You know, my my pastor didn't see it, my leaders didn't see it, a lot of my family or f- most of my friends didn't see it. It wasn't, it wasn't really broadcast, no one knew about it and, and for me I knew that was from God because only, only God saw it really and, and I knew then that in doing this that God sees me and this truly is doing God's work because it's not about me positioning myself or me playing politics or getting into the right situation or making sure the spotlight shines on me or making sure that if I put myself here and I can set myself here in a few years' time. But it was, it was truly just about God seeing me. And may that be for us also. May that be for us as a church. It wouldn't be about making sure that we get our, our bit of praise every week or making sure that we get the, the glory and the honor, but it's committing our ways unto the Lord and making sure that God sees us and that he will reward us you know, before, before I'd even ever preached here or had the privilege to be on leadership here, this is what I was doing. It was, it was away from everyone else. You know, sometimes we, are, we know that God has a calling for our life. Maybe we know that God is putting us somewhere, but we're trying to, we're trying to push through the door ourselves, and we're not submitting to the, Christian, the true Christian life where it is committing ourselves unto God and not unto everyone else doesn't mean that we don't love one another and put others before ourselves, but it means that we're not seeking their praise. You know, if, if someone says that you've done something amazing, you I mean, it's great. Obviously, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying lie about it. I'm not saying, you know, you cook me a good meal and I say thank you for the good food, and you go, oh, no, it wasn't me. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is you're not, you're not going about things to make sure that you're getting the praise. You're making sure, if anything, if people don't see it, that's fine. We, we keep it that way. We make sure it's not, it doesn't matter, it doesn't need to be seen by other people. We need, we need to hold on to the fact that by faith, God sees us, and as Jesus said here in the scriptures again and again, he will reward us openly, and that God will reward us. That's way better than anything that someone else can do, that God himself will reward you, and he will, he will be able to use you. And isn't that the way that, that God has done it throughout all, the, throughout all of history? You think of Moses, a man who was prominent, who was in Pharaoh's palace, who was a, a man of great prestige, but God needed him in the wilderness for 40 years before he could use him. And he used him way better than what he could have been used if he stayed in the palace or he stayed in, in the right place. What about, what about David, a man that even his own dad didn't even think was worthy to be eligible to potentially be a king, that he brought all his other sons out and he left, it, he left his youngest, David, he left him away. His own dad didn't even put him up for it as a chance. But God saw him. You know, David was there tending the sheep, serving faithfully, defending them faithfully. And God saw him, and God promoted him. That's way better than what I could promote someone, or someone else here could promote you. It's way better than what your manager could do at work. You want, you want what God's, God's reward. But this is the Christian life. And in it, there is great life, because then God sees you, and God rewards you you do you do a good deed you make sure everyone knows jesus says here you've had your reward already that's it it's, it's been and it's gone it's it's that's it but if you if you go after god's reward and you you put yourself you make sure it's just you and god and god sees you that's when you get his reward it's it's far better than what i or anyone around you could ever do for you and this is the wonderful ways that jesus teaches us in and this is this is what he desires of us. He desires of us, God, to, to serve him, to obey him, and, and to be molded into his image. This is this is the Christian life, and as you do this, I can assure you that it may not be straight away, it may not feel like it's happening quick enough, but the Lord will reward you. When you commit your ways unto God, when you say, I'm not just going to get the end result, but I'm, I'm going to do this God's way, then God will reward you, and it will be far better than anything you could have positioned yourself for Manipulated, set up, whatever you could have done, it would be it would fall way short of that. If you would turn to to one Samuel chapter thirteen, I just want to read a, a short passage here. This this passage here is about um, King Saul and Samuel the prophet, and I'm going to read here just from verses eight to fourteen. It says here it says. Then he waited seven days, according to the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. So Saul said, bring a burnt offering and peace offerings here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. Now it happened, as he had finished presenting the burnt offering, that Samuel came and Saul went out to meet him, that he might greet him. And Samuel said, what have you done? Saul said, when I saw the people were scattered from me and that you did not come within the days appointed and that the Philistines gathered together at Mishmash, then I said, the Philistines will come down on me at Gilgal and I have not made supplication to the Lord. Therefore, I felt compelled and offered a burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, you've done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. The Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people, because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. You know, this is a this is King Saul going about, about it his own way, essentially. And this is again, one of the traps in, the, in, in life, and, uh, but also in the Christian life, that the, the ends don't justify the means. You know, so often we can think that it doesn't matter really how I get there, as long as the end result, ma- as long as I get the same end result, that's all that matters. You know, this is what King Saul did. That it, biblically, he was to wait and present an offering but really it was the prophet that had to come and that was Samuel in this sense to come and present an offering to the Lord before, before they went out into battle. But Saul here didn't want to wait any longer, presented an offering, but he didn't do it how God wanted him to do it. You see, he still presented an offering. If you're looking at just the end result, he still, he still in a way did what God commanded him to do. He still got there, got there kind of just in his own way. But, but Samuel here says, you've done wickedly. You've done foolishly. And he said, said, now your kingdom is not going to be established. It's been taken away from you. He says, now I'm going to give it to someone after my own heart. And I will establish it through him. And that would be David later on. But so often we do this. So often we might receive a great prophecy of, I don't know, I'm going to be, God has called me to be great in business. Or I'm going to have a great career. So it doesn't matter what deals I make along the way. It doesn't matter if I have to make sure in front of my manager or colleagues that I, I look better by dragging others down. It doesn't, matter. it doesn't matter how I get about it. It doesn't matter that maybe, I don't know, before your end of year review, you do a few little things in front of people and just make sure you, you get a nice little look just before end of year. As long as I, as long as I get, climb up the ladder, as long as I get to the end goal, it doesn't really matter how I get there. But the Lord, said, the Lord calls us into a different way. He doesn't just say, I've, I give you this prophecy as a destination. But he says, I need you to obey throughout the prophecy. And this is the great thing in the Christian life. Sometimes it will be, I don't know, I've been called to, we have IBT, I've been called here to, to be a missionary. I know God has put me to be a missionary on my heart. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't really matter what I believe in as long as I get enough people in the room and I get enough people to like what I'm saying and I'm charismatic enough and I wear the right things, say the right things add some, you know, add some pop culture references in there, all of a sudden, uh, as long as I'm bringing the people in, as long as I've, uh, I'm being sent out, as long as, as, long as I'm doing something, then, I, then I've fulfilled the call of God. But that's not, that's not what God calls us to do. God doesn't just call us. He doesn't, just, he doesn't use you because he needs you. God doesn't need, use us because he needs us. He, he uses us because he wants to work through us, but it is obedience through that as well might be that you're called to be a worship leader. It doesn't, you might go, well, it doesn't matter necessarily what songs I sing or how I sing it or how I truly go about worshiping the Lord. As long as I'm singing the songs, as long as I'm being put in the right positions, as long as I'm making my way along, then, then the ends justify the means. Then I, we're, I'm on the same page as God here, but that's, that's not the case. See, that's what King Saul thought. He thought, well, as long as I'm doing it, it doesn't matter how I do it, but as long as I do it, then, then we're good. But Samuel, the, the, man, the prophet, where in the Old Testament that was really the mouthpiece of God, said, now your, king, your kingdom will not be established, it will be taken away from you. You know, God is looking to establish things in our lives. God is looking to, to truly reward and establish us, but it requires obedience along the way. That's why this, the, a life of seeking to be unknown or hidden in secret, it's not, it's not, it, it's not necessarily about you know, pe- people around you might go, oh, "Wow, what, how humble it is!" It's not. It's about it's about you and the Lord. It's about God seeing you, and God then being able to work in you and establish something in your life, and be able to reward you and have something that can last, something that doesn't just last five minutes or or, or looks good in the moment. Nothing short term. Something that lasts eternity. Something that stands the test of time. That's what God's looking for. God's looking to establish something in you. And he said, what does he say about David who was to come? He said, I'm going to establish the kingdom in him, a man who is after my own heart. A man that doesn't just try and get the end result done, but a man that that wants to obey me and to please me the whole way. He said, that's what God is looking for. People that he can establish and reward. But he needs obedience along the way. You know, there are some some people in this church who are so wonderful and humble. there'll There'll be people in this church that do things that, 99% 99% of us just do not see, that they do things behind the scenes, and they never necessarily get praised. they never necessarily get, you know, around, you know, we, you know, there are times when we definitely should do that, but there are people here that do countless of things that you would, you and I would probably rarely ever see, but God sees them, and it takes great faith to live this life, because obviously we want to do good, and obviously we want to, you want good things to be rewarded rather than bad things, right? I mean, even in a society point of view, you want to make sure that people that are doing good are rewarded, right? But by faith, we have to hold on that God is seeing us. Even if you think no one's seeing you, even if you think you're being mocked or, or you're being put down or you're being unfairly treated, you have to hold on to the fact that God sees me. And that is far more important than anyone else ever seeing me that 's far more important than any short term gratification that 's far more important than any little promotion that I can maneuver myself into but that God sees me and he will reward me openly I just want to read one more final piece before we um before we close and it 's in second Philippians this is um this is an amazing passage of um, Jesus outside of the gospel. I'm going to read from Second Corinthians. We're going to read from verse five to eleven. It says here, "Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus." who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You see here this, Paul is calling us, he says, let this same mind be in you that was in Jesus. That so This isn't a, an abstract view of Jesus where we look at him from afar and say, what a, what a wonderful savior that is, but I could never be anywhere near that. He's saying this should be our mindset as well. And it says that Jesus made himself of no reputation. That our Savior, Jesus Christ, He rid Himself of reputation. But we want to fight for our reputation, we claw for it, we try and make sure that we're seen as good amongst others. But Jesus made himself of no reputation. This is this is totally the opposite of how our modern world works, of how people want to be noticed and valued. Jesus was looking to be just pleasing to God. You know, Paul says it in Corinthians. He says, he says, I make it my aim to be pleasing to God in everything I do to please God. Not to please others. Not, not necessarily that you look, it's not about looking to offend others, it's not looking to purposefully go out of your way to make things difficult, but it's about committing yourself unto God and that God will see you and that God will reward you. What does it say after the fact that he, he was made himself of no reputation? He he humbled himself, he became obedient. the point of death. It says that God afterwards, that he therefore exalted him. Therefore he exalted him because of the life that Jesus lived, because of the way he laid his life down, that he may take it up again. Because he made himself of no reputation, because he humbled himself. I heard a man once say, he said, if you don't humble yourself, God will find a way of humbling you. You know, you don't want, you don't. if you can't humble yourself in private, you'll be humbled in public and you don't want that that God, that you humble yourself, you make yourself a reputation, you become obedient unto God, and He is able to exalt you, He is able to reward you openly, He is able to now establish something in you and in your life that, that holds weight, that carries through eternity. That's way more important than anything else. This is the life that Jesus calls us. You know, that's you see when Jesus went to Calvary, you know, they, they mocked him, they accused him. That man sat on the judgment seat and judged Jesus Christ, the Son of God and the Son of Man. That man judged him and appointed him to death. It says that when he was on his way to Calvary, only one disciple followed him along the way. Everyone else denied him. But it says that Jesus never opened his mouth. Never made a defense for himself. So often we are quick to defend ourselves, especially especially when things have been done against us unjustly. You know, I've had people criticize me. Sometimes it's probably valid. Sometimes it's not valid, but it's not, it's not for us to defend ourselves. If, if it's valid, we repent and we change our ways. If it's not valid, it's not for us to defend ourselves. You know, the psalmist says in Psalm 62, he says, God is my defense. I'm not here to defend myself. I'm not here to make sure that I'm validated or make sure that I'm seen correctly or that I'm the spotlights on me or the good things that I've done. Make sure they're rewarded and recognized and acclaimed. It's that God sees me, and God is my defense. I'm not my own defense. This is the Christian life when you are following Jesus, that you are following it, and you're going about it his way. This isn't our way anymore. This isn't isn't our way of going about things. This isn't our life. This isn't our gospel. This isn't our salvation. It It is Jesus Christ. He is the Savior, and he says, follow me. And in doing this, God will reward you. God will defend you. And it'll be a far better defense. It'll be a far greater reward than anything you can do. But this takes great faith. You know, there are so many times. Man, it's something that I have to, I have to fight, and it, sometimes it feels like daily, where you want to make sure, you want to be like, man, I, sometimes you're doing loads of good things, and then people are criticizing you because they don't even realize the good things you're doing. You're like, man, I've actually done so much that you haven't seen. And you, and you want to make sure you're like, hey, this feels unfair. But you've got to just by faith hold on to the fact that God sees me and God will reward me and God will establish me. If I go about it my own way, God can't establish that. God can't reward that. You've had your reward. But then this is truly, may it be us as a church that we wouldn't be going for our own reward, that we wouldn't come to church making sure that we're seen right. That wouldn't be the goal of why we come to church. The reason we come to church is to worship God, to know him more, to draw near to him. To love one another before ourselves, as the scripture says. May this be what we are. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at or check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk